Well, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. It's Roscoe here, your host, and thank you as always for tuning in. Today's interview is with Marcella Smith from Girlfriend's Guide to Golf. You may know Marcella. She's on Instagram. She's online. Marcella is one of the most passionate ambassadors for the game of golf based in the USA that I've come across. So I was really keen to learn more about her and learn what she's doing in the golf world to help people enjoy the game, to help them come into the game and help them how to discover the game in a really fun, inviting and friendly environment. And she's using her knowledge about the rules of the game to facilitate that. So I was intrigued. So I reached out to Marcella. She was happy to come on the podcast. And today we've got an interview with her, which we learn a lot about her and a lot about what she's doing. Check Marcella out online, but sit back now and relax and enjoy this interview with Marcella Smith from Girlfriend's Guide to Golf. Marcella Smith, welcome to the My Love of Golf podcast. How are you? I am doing great today. How are you? I'm very, very well sitting down here in Australia. What part of the world do we find you in right now, Marcella? Well, at the moment, I'm in um, Lake Tahoe, California. I'm on the California side of Lake Tahoe. Um, I'm normally in San Diego, but we spend our summers here um, up in the mountains. So it's gorgeous. We have a little rain, a little afternoon thunderstorm. Um, for some excitement, but it's uh, mid eight, about 85 degrees most days and gorgeous golf. Well, we're sitting here doing this via Zoom, so we can see each other. Um, you do have a lovely background there. I'm assuming, is that Lake Tahoe that's in the background? Uh, no, or- that is the 12th hole at Lahontan at my home course here. It's called the Boathouse Hole. It's a par five and um, you can uh, you can do very well, and it's a very birdieable hole, but it's also a kind of a very easy to double it too. So it's it's a challenge for men and women. It's a beautiful hole. Now, the reason why we're sitting here chatting today is I got introduced to you via our mutual friend Blakey, who is my partner now in the uh, Golf Rules Questions podcast, and that's going well. So that's a little plug for the podcast, people. If you're listening, go and jump in and listen to the Golf Rules Questions podcast with Blakey myself. But yourself and Blakey are, are very um, good friends, and you have a, a lot of common interests in the game of golf, and especially in helping the understanding of the rules. My interest today uh, is to try and to find out and learn a little bit more about your passion for golf, how you came to the world of golf, and and what are some of the things that you're doing and using um, to help spread that love of golf, spread the message of golf in in your community. So, Marcella, how did how how did you start in the world of golf? Take me through that. Yeah, the world of golf is 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 interesting because it to me it really is it's it's a lifestyle. It's not just the sport of golf to me it's a lifestyle. And I have a girlfriend. So I was almost 40 when I first picked up a club and my girlfriend was in her later fifties and she played a lot and had been a member of a couple of really nice country clubs. She's a tiny little gal named Jane, four foot 10, just tiny little thing. And she was a really good player, had a great short game. And she said, I've I've been obsessed with golf. I love it. You've got to come and you've got to try. And I was very resistant um, because I'm not naturally athletic. And I thought, well, you know, I'll try, but it was very difficult for months for me to actually play. I took lessons and I was too excited about hitting a driver and, 
you know, kind of going full bore instead of really focusing on just a little three quarter shot, which is what I should have done in retrospect. So it took me a long time to play, but I, I didn't start playing until about the age of 40. And then it was just a very social thing with this particular girlfriend. And then my community of friends and girlfriends grew. And shortly thereafter, I met the man who became my husband. And I met him through golf because his coach was Dennis Sheehy. And I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's coached a number of guys on tour. Uh, Andy Sullivan is one of them. Um, and uh, so they that's kind of a connection we had. He was a friend and um, met my husband. Another plug for why women should take up golf because you meet a lot of really cool guys, athletic guys. Um, so that's kind of how I started socially playing the game or the sport of golf. And it's a different question into how I got into what I do now teaching the rules. So, so that passion obviously then unfolded and became, you know, a love, like a love of golf and an obsession. So it would maybe, uh, so to, so to go, um, which led into the girlfriend's guide to golf. So tell us how that transitioned. So you became a golfer, you're out there at the, at the club, I'm assuming, you know, you joined a club or you were part of a club. And then when did, when did you realize that you could turn this passion into helping more guys and girls and girls in particular, obviously, um, get into the game? Yeah, I think um, it was probably about maybe four years ago that I started helping. I was involved with the um, Women's Golf Association at our club and um, putting on events and, um, you know, helping um, just in, in general to, to kind of grow the game for the club. And uh, because of my background, which is in the escrow and settlement business, um, I'm very familiar with legal terms and I'm used to sort of devouring you know, technical jargon mm. and kind of remembering it or making it simple somehow. And so I was drawn to the rules. Um, I I'll have to tell you the story of playing in a tournament when something happened. And this was probably key for me in becoming sort of obsessed with the rules. Um, I was playing in a couples tournament with my husband. This was at Pebble Beach, Spyglass and Poppy. And it was a three day couples event over like a 4th of July weekend. And I had just attended a Northern California Golf Association um, rule seminar, just a five hour seminar, you know, very much for the lay person. Some rules officials attend, but it's really just about the everyday player learning the basics. And I had learned about an unplayable lie, relief for an unplayable lie. And I had learned you could do that anywhere. And I could make that decision myself and no one had to agree with me. Well, I, I knew this, right? I was very new to golf, but I knew this. Um, so we're in a situation that we're playing a two, uh, a one better ball of the couple, my husband and I in a field of stroke play. And um, I, I'm at Spyglass Hill and I'm sure you, I don't remember the whole, you would remember it. Guys remember that kind of stuff a lot better, but here I am. I hit a little approach shot, maybe about a 60 yard shot to the green. My ball plugs into that spyglass kind of carpet like grass that comes over the bunkers. My ball plugged right in there and there was no way I was going to hit that ball. And I could tell from 60 yards away. So I said, oh, I'm going to take unplayable and I'm going to drop it right here and re-hit from here for one stroke penalty. My husband said, you can't do that. 
You can't take an unplayable in a bunker outside a bunker. The caddy, we had a caddy. You can't do that. Our uh, fellow competitors that were playing the other couple, you can't do that. Everyone said, no, 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 little lady, you are wrong. And I just went, I know I'm right. I took notes at the seminar. I wrote everything down. I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. No one agreed, but I acquiesced because it was all of them against mm. me. So I didn't um, didn't do it. I just picked up and let my husband finish out the hole because there was no way I was going to hit that ball. I couldn't even see it, number one. Um, so, of course, about four holes later, a rules official, a woman, came walking by and I said, excuse me, I have a question. And she said, you're certainly right. She said, listen, young lady, you can take an unplayable anytime you want and you don't let them tell you differently. And yes, you can go stroke and distance from outside of the bunker. So that's really when I realized no one knows the rules. Mm. They all think they do. Yep. And they all, you know, kind of puff their chest up and, you know, but they, they don't. And I said, I know this, I learned it, and I've, I've got to find a way to help more people learn. So that kind of started the process of saying, hey, this is a mystery, and I want to help clear up the mystery and make things more simple. So that's kind of how it started at Spyglass Hill. It is a story that I hear quite a lot, you know, people with an understanding of the rules and, and trying to interpret them and, and applying them and quite often wrong. And I hear it from, especially in what I do, you know, with a lot of social golfers who play in a social golf club type environment, which is not maybe part of a traditional golf club, but they have their own club within a club and they go out and play, you know, weekly fortnightly events. And sometimes the interpretation of the rules um, is applied quite liberally. And, and these guys are playing for, you know, big stakes, you know, trophies and prizes and all of that sort of thing. And quite often, you know, I hear, hear a few things and think that no, it's probably not the right, right interpretation, but you know, the important thing for me is they're out having having fun and doing and, and enjoying the game of golf. And you know, for you with the the ladies that you've introduced to the game, where do you see the knowledge of the rules as their priority to learn before they think they can come to the game? Or what's the the pathway that you you know for the the guy the the, the girls that you've helped? Um, what's the pathway traditionally? Yeah, so so the rules are obviously extremely complicated, and the fact that they sort of almost rewrote the entire book in 2019. Now the people who've been playing for 15 years or 20 plus years, they're not even sure anymore. So it's really a whole new frontier right now. And um, so understanding the rules and watching obviously your podcast and, and the stuff that David Blake does at Golf Rules Questions as well, so important for all players at all levels with all experience levels. But I think for a newer player, the most, you know, I think about the priorities on the course. And first of all, everyone has a right to be there. Every single person, whether you're a plus two or you're a 36 handicap, you have the same right to be there. But there's certain etiquette points that are very important and they determine the happiness and the pleasure that everyone else that day gets to take from the, from, you know, their round. And so pace of play is number one. And whether I'm teaching a brand new golfer or we're just talking with other people that I've known, and maybe I encounter at a tournament or something like that, 
nothing more important than pace of play because you will ruin everyone else's day if you can't keep up a good pace. And caring for the course is number two, which is obviously repairing um, your divots, fixing your pitch marks, those types of things. Caring for the course, raking the bunkers when we can use a rake. Um, those things are key. So if we can understand those first, and then the other etiquette about being quiet and not standing on their line behind them, not walking in their line, all those things that you take for granted because you've play, been playing your whole life, where to park the cart when you get to the green, all of those things that people, especially men who've played forever, you don't even give a second thought. And if you're a teaching pro, you don't even think to teach your new student that because it's second nature to you, mm. right? It's like, pushing the button to cross a busy street with the signal light. You just do it. You don't talk about it. So for me, because I have that perspective of having been brand new and knowing zero, it's easy for me to remember those details. So we focus on the etiquette and the pace, and then we learn the basic rules, some dropping rules, some penalty area rules, really basic. And we do it on the course so that helps as well. But it's definitely, you know, it can be overwhelming for anyone, but yeah. certainly a brand new player. And it it could be a reason to be turned off. You know, if you if you think you've got to learn this, you're going to be turned off and not be interested. Absolutely. Uh, I think, uh, you know, you're exactly right. And I'm sitting here listening to you articulate that. And in my head, I'm going, yeah, you're right. I, I think that the way that I would, approach a new golfer is to go into rules and, and not talk about pace of play to me I, I think of talking about pace of play sometimes is like not to not to boo that I, I just reflect I'm reflecting as we think as we talk on the times that I've been on the course of a new, new golfer and I've always found it difficult that discussion about pace of play because it's like you're challenging them that they're not doing the right thing and but it, it's super important. It really is important because it affects the people behind you, the people in front, and uh, and and the people around you. So yeah, you, you, that's very very valuable. I think absolutely. And, and leaving that bunker untidy, you know, when we in our normal times when we can rake, and leaving you know divots in front of um, in front of the green, you know, things that people should be repairing, right? Pitch marks on the green, all those things that. If you don't do them and no one does them, now we just have a mess and all of the players are going to find themselves in a situation that is sort of unfair and and uh, unfortunate because of people not repairing. So I think those things are so important and they help other players, men or maybe very experienced women, have a better perception of a new female player. Because if we just show up and we look cute, and believe me, it's important to look cute. Um, we love our clothes. The women love, love, love our clothes. And that's all we talk about. And the women go straight to the pro shop after they're done everywhere because they want to see the latest. So we love that. And we love that part of golf. However, if all we're thinking about is is are those things and thinking about ourselves and having fun and having a little sip of what we call birdie juice, um, we're missing the point. You know that it's it's about the whole community. Um, one of the things I teach, as well as you know the rules and the etiquette, is I talk about how to be a good guest because ultimately you're trying to grow your network of friends and you're doing it in a sincere way. You know, I'm not saying that you want to be, 
you know, a kiss ass personality that just wants to be everybody's best friend. No, that that's not possible. And it's not sincere, but you want to make a good impression just as if you were working, you want to make a good impression on the people that you play with because they could be inviting you to another event. You could be doing something together in the future, maybe a team member of theirs for a fun ladies guest day or tournament the pros at the pro shop, you want to make a good impression on them. You want to meet them, um, you know, uh, shake their hand in the days when we can shake hands again. Um, Because again, all of these people that you meet through golf are probably doing other fun things that you might want to be included in. And it could be a member pro tournament from, um, you know, that, that the, one of the assistant pros is playing in and he wants to bring someone who can play to their handicap. Um, so it's really important. And I teach that, that you want to make these good impressions and you want people to think you're honest, but that's a whole other conversation, isn't it? About integrity. Yeah, absolutely. So when you get contacted via, you know, any one of the, the means that you have out there, you know, your Facebook group or your website or your Instagram profile, from a girl who uh, who wants to get into golf, what's the usual line of um, interest? What's uh, the first questions? What are some of the things that you've you know come across when you're talking to the girls? So when I do these on-course rules experiences, um, I do them, I've done them kind of all over the world, and I put them together for a club, and we go out to one or two golf holes on their course, and they block off tee times. And I bring out, it could be five women. It could be, I've had as many as 25 women in my experience before in my on-course rules experience. And I would think that would be too many, but it turns out they're very interested and cooperative and, and, um, and listen really well. But we go out and we just start with the basics. We start on the tee and we talk about, you know, the, the order of play. And as you know, the rules changed in 2019. So that order of play isn't as important anymore. And the rules book actually encourages you to play ready golf. So we talk about what ready golf really means. And the fact that if there are two carts parked there, the women in the first two cart and the first one cart are going to tee off first And then the other two will tee off first. If it's not match play, you want to play ready golf as much as you can. So we talk about that. We talk about, you know, where the teeing area is and what happens if you accidentally knock your ball off the tee and all of those things. And we kind of methodically go through the different scenarios that happen on the first and second hole or whatever holes we've chosen so that we get a variety of situations and you're going to retain more because you're on the course. Mm. So you're, you're seeing it, you're asking the question right there. Okay. If my ball's here and I'm standing here and I drop and it hits my foot, is that a good drop? You know, those things can come up when you're in person on their course versus reading a book. They're not going to come up when you're reading the book. Absolutely. Very valuable. And it's only always girls out there on the course that you're working with. So you're only sort or do you doing guys and girls? Guys and girls. I've done yeah. co-ed as well. Perfect. Um, yeah. So, and, and they have different kinds of questions sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the men tend to have more general knowledge of the rules from maybe six or seven years ago, like a couple of rules books ago. Yeah. And because typically the books change about every four years, typically. 
Um, but so they'll have some more knowledge and some history, but they might not be up to date. So their questions will be a little bit different, but everyone benefits from that demonstration of taking that drop and talking about, you know, back on the line relief and, and all the things that you really do encounter pretty much every time you play, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have situations every time you play. Can we talk about the game generally at the moment and the, and the health of the game? Where, from your perspective, sitting over there in the um, the states, what's your view of the health of the game? You know, there's been a lot of discussion over recent years about the game growing, declining, you know, in challenging situations. Uh, right now, with uh, you know this coronavirus situation, it's put a lot of focus onto golf because it's, it seems to be a sport that's safe to play. So we're getting a little bit of upswing from that. But what do you feel is the state of the game from where you vision. Yeah, I, I had that same perception and understanding about the game really declining and um, not being welcoming necessarily for, you know, everyone, certainly financially, um, you know, it's very expensive in the States uh, to play golf and to belong to a club. And I know that's very different in other parts of the world. But in the States, it's it's quite expensive and um, sometimes completely unattainable, really, to join any type of a of a club. But um, so it kind of had been declining. But this one of the tiny little silver linings in covid is that more and more people are just flocking to the golf course. And these are people that maybe used to play or people that have never played. There are so many women. So I have a private Facebook group called girlfriends golf private group, and they answer some questions before they get accepted into the group. So one of the questions is how long have you been playing? So, you know, there's 600 people in this group and I look at every single one to see how long they've been playing. That's helpful to me to provide the content. And it's amazing in how many people say four months, six yeah. months, nine months, you know, and then others will say 30 years, 40 years, but there's so many women brand new to the game. So I feel like every tee sheet is packed at my club here in Lake Tahoe and in San Diego. And everyone I talk to, all the golf pros that I talk to, everything's packed. Um, it, it Now there's a problem. You, you just can't get access to your club and they start. Some of the places are fining you if you no show on your tea time, which had never happened before at a private club. But that's happening in some places now because it's just so impacted. So we've kind of flipped over, mm -hmm. and now the growth is 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 escalating again. And um, I feel like it it could be uh, on the uptick and will continue. What What do you think? I mean, you're more in the the retail side of things. Oh, I definitely think that now is the time that. You know, the powers that be in the golf industry, you know, from bodies of tournament bodies to um, organizational bodies to retail bodies, anyone that's involved in, you know, generating a living out of ink, out of golf needs to have not the next six months in the forefront of their mind, but the next six years, the six to 12 to 15 years, you know, that five, 10, 15 year plan uh, in the forefront of their mind for Gain, you know, gaining, you know, we're going through this gain, but the retain part, and, and that's the important part, is how we retain uh, the golfers that come in, because, you know, Touchwood, all of these other sports that um, guys and girls have been playing will come back and, and will start to dominate, you know, lifestyles again, but, you know, golf is such a great complementary sport, it doesn't have to be sacrificed at 
going to play what we call footy or soccer or whatever the game or netball or whatever the game it is you do on a, a weekend or a weeknight or whenever you do it. Golf is a great sport to complement that. And there are so many benefits. And I think people are really starting to realise that now. That's why, you know, they're coming to the game so rapidly because they realise that their friends have been doing it and they've gone and done it once or twice with their friends and they realise it's actually a lot of fun in many respects. You know, like people take golf and take what uh, out of it what they want and there's many, many what they want that they take out of it, you know, like whether it's the mental part of it, whether it's just the exercise, whether it's the camaraderie. So that next five years is the key. Does that make sense? It does. And, and I think the psychological benefits um, from golf are so clear and there's so many studies about your emotional and mental state and how it improves when you're out with the trees and with nature. And so to be out there for four hours in these gorgeous settings, there's some water on the course, there's the trees and the grass, It you can't help but feel uplifted. Now, if you're struggling with your game, things might adjust a little bit and you might not be as optimistic that day. But in general, I mean, I think with all of us having been um, just gone through our various lockdowns. And I know you guys are kind of in another one right now, but everyone was so ready and so appreciative. And there's so many more people now standing out there going, oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. I feel so blessed. And so I think that's a, a little bit of a benefit of, of having not being able to leave the house, uh, going from that to being able to play golf again. So I think that's one of the reasons so many people now are playing. So if, the next five years is important and, you know, we reflect on a lot of these bodies that we've been talking about in the last five years. I've been talking about the, the women's game of golf and, and growing the participation in, in and amongst um, with women. How do we do that in the next five years? What's the best strategy forward, do you think? What are some of the ideas that come to the top of your mind? You know, it's a question on the spot, but you know, it won't just happen naturally i think you know what i mean like it, it won't just happen by us we need to work on it so what's that work look like i think number one you know um obviously because i focus on the rules i think you know the usga and the rna having more um easy to digest content video content interactive games things that can really help people understand the rules that get them engaged. Um, I think that's really important and they've really come around and things are a little bit better, but they still have so much more to do in my opinion, to really help people understand them and maybe have different levels uh, of, you know, of, of videos and, and content. Cause I think that really, really helps, you know, um, Blakey and I can't do it all, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think they, they've got obviously the knowledge and, and the, uh, the, the backing to, to, to produce tons of videos. I think that would really help. Um, and then I think just, you know, having that welcoming, um, kind of attitude, I think, um, wanting everyone to play, whether you have, you know, a, a disability or a challenge or what, whatever your background is just really welcoming. And, and I think, you know, there was talk at one time of having less holes on the course and splitting it up, you know, in sixes and, you know, for time purposes. And I think there's something to that, but that's a huge change that obviously takes uh, course redesign um, which, you know, takes money. So, um, but I think, um, really 
thinking about and focusing on those those newer players. And and I don't believe we should dumb down golf. I don't believe we should abolish the rules. I don't believe we should have no dress code um, because in 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 the United States, most country clubs or private clubs do have some sort of dress code. And um, I think those things should continue, but I think there's a way to relax some of them to make people feel more welcome and not intimidated. And I think the more activities we do to include women and younger people and people who, and even men who never, who didn't play their whole life and want to start playing at the age of 50 or whatever, we should have more social activities around it so that we, we bring people to the game. Let's talk about uh, those dress codes that you mentioned there before, because it's a big part of your profile, you know, your interest in fashion and, uh, you know, it's very, very clear that you're passionate about that. I flip and flop, you know, I'm, I hear both sides a lot. So, you know, one day I'll go one side, one day I'll go the other side on dress, dress regulations. You know, I'm a, I'm a member of a country club type environment and we have dress regulations and it's really easy to abide by them. I actually don't mind any form of dress regulation, but you know, there is that side of the fence from a lot, from the male perspective that, that want to play in t-shirts and, you know, don't want to be told that they can or can't wear a colour sock. What, what's the, where do you think the, the, the balance point is, you know, for, for you from what you see in your country club environment over there? Yeah, it's really interesting because I've taught some rules experiences at just the local, you know, municipal courses and the girls are in, you know, sweatpants and T-shirts and, and, and it's fine. And they like the other more stylish clothes, but at the same time, they're not going to go out and invest in a bunch of expensive clothes. Um, I think for me, <clears throat> for a man to have to wear a collared shirt <clears throat> and in some dining rooms to have to wear a jacket, which I think not a lot of places do that anymore, but maybe on week weekends and things like that, you need to wear a jacket in the dining room and you can't wear flip-flops and you can't have your hat on and things like that. Um, I think those are good. Mm. I think you feel special, like you're walking into a special place when it's, it's, you know, you can't have shredded up jeans and flip-flops with your hat, hat backwards. Um, you can wear that anywhere else, you know, but I think in it, golf is, is just special. And I think it's, I think it's a good thing to have a dress code. Now for women, you know, so much of it used to be about the length of your skirt, and like at Cypress point, which obviously is a very prestigious, um, it's like the Augusta of, of the West coast, you're, you can't even, women can't wear capris. And I have friends who have gone there and they've had a capri on, which is a like a three quarter length pant. And they've had to change and put on rain pants because the policy says the women have to wear pants or a skirt. You can't wear shorts and you can't wear capris. That's a little bit tough. That's a little bit strict. I think there's, there's a, there's a line there. That's a little bit, I think too far, but as far as having it be presentable, not super short, you know, that type of thing. I, I think, I think it's important. I think you can look attractive and fun and youthful, but still have the right length to where it's, you know, a little bit modest. Mm. So, and I think most women in my age bracket, I'm in my fifties, they, they want that the younger gals want them a little shorter. And, and I, you know, the LPGA says, you can go pretty short. So I think most people, a lot of the younger gals really want that. 
it is changing. You know, obviously our selling latest golf apparel and, uh, you know, I see that traditional go- golf apparel, you know, the, the score, the, the, the capri, the pant. Uh, and then I see that athleisure, you know, what I call golf leisure wear type uh, coming through in some of the brands. And uh, everyone's got their own perspective on, on what's what's right. My standard, you know, sort of line is, well, if you can buy it in a golf shop, you can usually wear it on a golf course. That's probably probably how I see it. So in, with your own game, how uh, how's your own game standing up at the moment? I think you mentioned before that uh, it's a little bit challenging, but what's going on? This should be on a list of not allowed to ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, my game has been up and down. I, I've taken a couple of lessons in person with Andy Proudman, and mm-hmm. I know he's been a guest of yours as well with me in my golf, and I provide some content rules content for their members. And I love them. Um, he's a phenomenal coach. And, um, when he's in town and when I've had that lesson recently, it seems to really make me feel more athletic and, and fluid. But then when time goes by, for some reason, I'm more mentally challenged than anything. And my brain just sort of doesn't have patience or something. And I just, my swing starts to go and, and my patience goes and, and I don't get mad or frustrated in that way, but my body just won't do that athletic swing that I had been doing for weeks or months. And then it just sort of stops. So, um, you know, I, I, I struggle with it, but it doesn't mean I don't enjoy every minute I'm out there. And what's kind of fun about not being a great golfer, I'm about a 15 index right now. What's, kind of fun about that is that, you know, I'm like every other person, you know, I'm not a golf pro. I never played in college or there isn't anything about me that you would think, okay, this gal is just way too good or whatever. And a lot of the gals think that they think, oh, you don't want to play with me. You're really good. Well, guess what? I'm not really good. (laughs) And, and I understand where you've been. I understand your frustration. I can't coach you at all on your swing but I can tell you, I feel your pain and just hang in there and just take a moment and enjoy your surroundings. Keep your pace of play up, enjoy the surroundings, enjoy your friends, look forward to the 19th hole. And to me, that's, that's the golf, that's the golf lifestyle. So, you know, not feeling great about my game doesn't bum me out. Maybe the way it does some people, I I tend to take it with a grain of salt. I like to win, you know, net tournaments, but right now that's not happening. <laughs> I do get the perception that you're quite competitive. I used to be. Right. I used to be very competitive. I don't feel as competitive anymore, okay. and I don't know why, but I'm not as. So if someone is listening to this and they might not have played golf before, if I asked you to describe you know, your first time on a golf course, and, and and more so from a from a, a shot execution from playing hitting the golf ball. What was what was the first good golf shot? Do you remember that first good golf shot? Do you remember that? Oh yeah, definitely. I remember the feeling and the sound, and it just makes you want to come back. Mm-hmm. And even if they're few and far between, um, but I also remember really being stubborn about wanting to hole everything out. And even if I'm lying seven, eight, and nine, I'm not done. I want to hole it out. And this girlfriend, Jane of mine, we were at the Grand Del Mar in San Diego. 
and which is a lovely course, very narrow, but a lovely course. And she's like, okay, well, you know, there's no, there was very few members at the time. So we didn't have an issue with people behind us, but she's going, Marcel, you can pick up. That's good. That's good. I go, no, I want to hit it. I want to hit it. And I, I mean, we must've had a six hour round, just start the twosome. So, I mean, that's how, how stubborn I was about wanting to hit everything and finish everything. And that was crazy. That was inappropriate. That was not practical. If you're at a real course with people behind you, it's inconsiderate to my, my girlfriend, she doesn't want to wait, you know, she's in for a par or a bogey. She's not interested in my nines. So it was a, it was a interesting thing looking back now and trying to help women who are in that position where they're brand new and they're having some good shots and some success on the range. Maybe they're taking lessons or a group lesson, or they're doing some things online and they're athletic and it's coming to them, you know, faster, but then they get out there and they're struggling with a bad lie or they're in the bunker and they can't get out and just things aren't going well. As you know, on the course, you know, you're not always in the fairway on a perfectly flat lie. So I really encourage them to, even though they want to hold everything out and they want to total that score. And, um, I really encourage them to pick up, kind of play a better ball with who they're playing with, take it out of the bunker, drop it in the fairway. Um, you know, try it in the, try to hit a shot out of the bunker, but when they miss the one shot in the bunker, now take it out, drop it next to your friend, um, and really think about good muscle memory and, having positive, successful shots so they could feel that crisp ball strike and they can hear it and they can reinforce that that's how it should feel because whacking away in the rough is not going to make you a better golfer, right? And what about golf lessons? What about going to a professional to learn and improve your craft? You know, when do you, when, when would you suggest that, you know, a girl coming into the game for the first time might start that you know, first hit on the course versus first lesson with a golf pro, you know, is there a, is there a time lag or do you think just get into the lesson straight away or just go and have fun first or, you know, go and do it with whoever you can, which way would you suggest? Well, number one, don't take a lesson from your partner. Good don't suggestion. have your husband or your boyfriend try to teach you. There are very, very few success stories with that. Very few, because even if a guy is a, you know, five handicap, he doesn't know anything about teaching. And what he needs to think about is very different from you. So definitely never, never go there, maybe later, but don't go there in the beginning. I would suggest a group lesson in person. Um, and you can watch some videos that are geared towards beginners. They might be an LPGA female instructor, or it could be a PGA male instructor who just really uh, focuses or has a little segment um, towards brand new female players. Um, but some online is good, but you can get overwhelmed with online content. And if you're not getting feedback right away from that person, that professional, you might be going off in the wrong direction. So I think those group settings, the group lessons, and you can get them. We have something called meetup.com here. Um, you probably do too. And so where you can just very inexpensively get into a group situation and take some inexpensive group classes and, um, so I think that is helpful. Then you meet other women who are in your same stage of golf and that's really helpful too. So I think that is really number one, that group. And then if you have the budget and you want to find a one-on-one -on -one instructor, I would ask, you know, eight different women 
who play and who've been playing a little while for their personal recommendations, because you really want to know that that person is going to key into the way you learn. And there's a lot of great coaches, as you know, a lot of great coaches out there, but the best coach is the kind that can understand that you need your visual or your auditory or whatever it is. You, you, you like sports analogies or like me, you don't, you can't handle sports analogies um, because you never played any other sports. So I think getting the right coach for you with a referral system, I think that's, that's the best way to go. And then start looking into the rules and the etiquette and making sure that you're following those protocols so that people want to play with you again. Marcella, I think, you know, we, I've tried to cover a, a whole wide range of aspects of your background, uh, talking about getting girls into golf and just golf in general. And I hope that we've done that a level of justice for you. Where do we go and find you? If we want to find some more about uh, yourself, where do we go? Yes. Yeah, so girlfriendsguidetogolf.com. And then of course I'm on Instagram and Facebook and also under girlfriendsguidetogolf.com. Um, Twitter as well, but I think my handle's different on Twitter. But if you just Google Girlfriend's Guide to Golf, you will find my mug shot right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're quite prolific in the uh, content that you do put out, and uh, it's very enjoyable to look at. You're uh, great to follow. If um, if you're into golf, I, su- I suggest follow all of the golf accounts, guys and girls, but uh, your account is one of the good ones that I like to follow because it's genuine, it's authentic, and yeah, you're very clearly a passionate golfer and Basically, they're the accounts that I like to follow. So I do appreciate all of the work that you do in the golf space because it helps. It really does help and contributes to a great place and gives people an interest and a reason to come and do what we do. So thank you. Thank you. And and yeah, growing the game is so important and all of your podcasts as well are so key. And I'm really excited about your new one with Blakey, Golf Rules Questions, because I think you guys are going to have a tremendous amount of success with that because there are so many golf rules geeky people like ourselves that really want to get into the nitty-gritty and there's a lot of it every week yeah lpga pga european tour there's plenty of content there to talk about as it relates to the rules and they're all teaching opportunities so the you know the newscasters the broadcasters uh sportscasters don't know all the rules but blakey sure does and so you guys can cover all of that and and really help people learn. And I think that's just a, a really good benefit to the golf community to, to come away with more knowledge. Marcel, I'm looking forward to getting into that with Blakey. He's a uh, passionate young man, much like, uh, like yourself, very passionate about the rules of golf and the game. And uh, I'm, gra- I'm drawn to people like that. So I'm looking forward to that and appreciate your support in helping us, uh, you know, grow that part of uh, our little podcasting world as well. Marcella, is, if there's anything else from you, is, have we missed anything? Is there anything else you'd like to cover off? No, I, I think you, you covered it. And I think, you know, um, just focusing on wanting to have people enjoy the game and the lifestyle that it provides. And that's, you know, I'm like Miss, Miss Golf Ambassador that just wants everyone to play and, and, and love what you get from it and the relationships that you get from it that become lifelong. And you can play well into your 80s. Um, you know, if you're a healthy person and you're going to be healthier mentally and physically, if you're out there playing golf. So it's just, it's, it's a lifestyle that's, um, that's wonderful. And I, I think it's, it's a healthy one for all of us. So, um, happy to share more about it and, and uh, happy to be here. Wonderful. Well, thanks again for joining us. And until next time, I look forward to catching up with you on the My Love of Golf podcast. <laughs>